It's good to be back. Um, I know I was here last year, but I didn't really get to say hello to everyone. Um, so just wanted to let everyone know that the wedding was beautiful and the weather was perfect. It was not over 30 degrees like we thought it was going to be. Um, and we have been traveling around. Um, I've been showing Joel different spots in South Africa. We went to the Drakensberg and a game reserve, and we got to see some lions, which was cool. And I saw a cheetah for the first time, which I've never seen, which was really, really cool. Um, and so our plan from now on out, um, I've applied for a residence, no, a reunification visa, and they say it can take anywhere from like three weeks to three months. So we're hoping it'll be three weeks. Um, and we're hoping that that all goes smoothly and trusting in God for that. Um, so if you guys think about it, you can pray into that. Um, that would be awesome. And then our plan is to move to Germany and start life there. I'm going to be studying German first and then theology and Joel wants to study business, so we'll see what happens. Um, so I only spoke to you guys a little bit. Let me actually see. Okay. I only spoke to you guys a little bit last month, I guess it was, before I left for the wedding about um, how I met Joel because none of you really knew him. But now you know him. Um, yeah, he is real. <laughs> I didn't make it all up. <laughs> Oh, thanks. I agree. <laughs> nice. Nice one. Um, <laughs> so I don't really get to share about my year or anything that I really did. I shared briefly, but I would love to go a little bit more in depth with you guys. Um, I just want to start by honoring my parents um, just for who they are to me and who they are to this body. Because just in worship, I was like, the worship here is so, so good. It's so pure. And I feel like everyone here is so just in love with God. And there was something so striking to me about everyone just seeking him and pressing into him. And um, when we were singing, you are perfect in all of your ways and you call me deeper still, I just felt like, that, that call of the Lord saying, come deeper, come deeper with me. And oh man, I don't know about you guys, but I just want to go so much deeper with God. When we were singing about his goodness and who he is, he, he is so good, not because my circumstances may be good, not because they might like work out suddenly or that I just get given a bunch of money or something amazing happens. That's not why God is good. He's good because he's good. That's his nature. And he sent his son. And that, that, that is a demonstration of his love and his goodness in our lives. And I've really like let that set in this year more than before. Of just like, God, I, I just want to like, not just know, but know, know who you are and why you did what you did. And why he did what he did is because of who he is. It's not, there's no reason. It's not because of you or what you did. It's because 
you are who he made you to be. And so he, he loves you. Um, so this year, as you can imagine, I don't know if you guys even remember last year, I spoke to you about trusting in the Lord because I was like, I'm doing, I I don't know if you remember the story at all, but I had two options. I was going to do third year or I was going to do this other like school. And I thought I was going to do the other school, but then my plans changed and I ended up doing third year. And it was just like, for me, it was letting go of this huge dream in order to do something that I felt like was more of a sacrifice for me. And that was trusting in the Lord. And then this year, it's just like, he just took it to a whole nother level for me in deciding to marry a German from Germany and move there. And that journey, as I shared last month, was quite crazy. And just learning that he, it's not like... I'm not trusting in the circumstances to work out as much as, much as I'm trusting in him to work them out. Because it's like if I, if I'm like worried about things, then I'm not actually having faith in him. Because faith in him and trust in him leaves me with no worry and no fear in the circumstance. And so that's been a huge lesson this year. And then secondly, I know um, that you guys have been doing discipleship. And I interned in a discipleship program. And I was discipled and I discipled people. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about that and what I learned through doing that. So I discipled six girls, um, all from different countries pretty much, which was awesome. And they, and then I was discipled by two other people. And I remember I, I told you guys how I got ran over by the car. And, um, yeah, that was not fun. And I was on crutches for about two weeks. And one of the girls who um, was my mentor, she would come over every single night and bandage me up and clean my wound every single night. And this... That, that doesn't sound too bad, but our like schedule was very crazy because we would have meetings until 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. And she has work the next day, but she would still come every single night and bandage up my wound and clean it. And then she would go home to her house. And every time there was something that I needed or was struggling with, she would be there. And she, her name is Sarah. She, like, personified selfless love to me. She personified Jesus to me. And I think that's what Jesus, when, when he, um, cho- like, chose the disciples and he discipled them, he, he loved them. I love that last line of the last song, song that we su- sung. How did it go? Oh. Uh, no, it wasn't the last line. It was the second to last line. The song is like four pages long. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I, I don't even know where it is now. But it was about... If you gave your life to love them, so will I. 
And I feel like that's what my mentors did for me in my second year and even in my third year now. They, they, it's like they saw how Jesus gave his life and they were like, okay, no matter, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to love her. And that's what, what I received. It was like Jesus in the flesh being like coming and she would put my feet in a little bowl and wash my wound and then bandage me up. And so I had the opportunity to mentor some girls as well. Now, none of them got hit by cars, and I didn't have to go over at 2 a.m. But I did learn a lot within that. And seeing all of them fail and succeed and grow through different circumstances was probably one of the most rewarding things. I've told people that, like, the first two years of studying at Bethel, you sit in a lecture room and get taught and get preachers and you worship and you do all this stuff and you're just receiving and you're just like getting full, 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 full. And then third year, they kind of just like boop, throw you in and you just have to pour everything out. And that is the year that I grew the most and got the most and was the most fulfilled. And it's because my eyes were not on myself, but they were on others and they were on God. And I think when in, in discipleship and in loving people, it's so important to not be selfish and self-focused, but to actually be like, okay, what does this person need in front of me? Even though I'm lacking in this area, this person actually needs something. And what would Jesus do in this circumstance? <clears throat> and then there are moments of or have been moments of confrontation in these times. Um, like over this year, we really didn't let people sit in their mess. We would ask them questions and call them out on stuff. So I'll just give you some examples from me because that's safe, I guess. Um, so I got confronted about some stuff. And one time my mentor, he confronted me on not speaking up and not standing up for myself, basically. And, I mean, he didn't just say, like, I mean, he can be direct, but he's not like, you are this, this, and, like, calling me out on stuff. But it, he, like, speaks in such a way that it strikes your heart, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm in fear. And it's, it's not like a, oh, my gosh, no, I have to go and, like, cry and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's an excitement of, oh, now I can get rid of this and pick up something new. And I think that's what so many of us are really lacking, is someone actually speaking into us in that way and being like, hey, when you do this, it comes across this way. I don't know if you're aware of that. And, and some, like most people like, don't really want to hear that stuff, but really they do. It's like, I've had that. I'm like, yes, confront me. I want to grow. I want to learn. Yes. And then, you know, you, you know it's coming and you're like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> and so that was like super growing. And then confronting my girls on things, it was just honestly amazing, like talking to one of them about something that she said or did um, that didn't portray good character, basically. And her just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I see it, and then shifting, and then that would just grow her to fall more in love with Jesus and look more like him. It was really cool. <clears throat> Do 
Jesus tells us in John 15 verse 13 to lay ourselves down for our brothers, lay our lives down for our brothers. Greater love has no one than this, that someone who lays his life down for his friends. And then all of this that he's talking about in John 15 comes out of the context of abiding in him. So, and, and staying connected to the vine. So when you're abiding in Jesus and you're connected to the vine, it's a natural outflow that you would want to love another person. You wouldn't want to hold back love from them. Oh, man, I just want to like, I want to get to a place because we're all growing in this, but where I'm just so in love with Jesus that I don't even think about what I need, but I'm just like, want what's best for every single person around me. And we get to love because he first loved us. Because of his goodness and his love that was poured out on us, we get to go out and love the world. And I want to take that opportunity. I want to challenge you guys to take that opportunity. Because I want to love even like the people that are easiest to love. I want to love them like the best I can. I don't want to just be like, uh, I love you and then, you know, walk away. But I want to be as intentional as I can and go to them at 2 a.m. in the morning if they need me. Sacrifice some sleep. My prayer for each of you would be that you would be so filled with the love of God, so absolutely saturated and overflowing that you would go to your friends, to your peers, to your neighbors and actually see something that they need. And whether that is confronting them on something that isn't right in their life in a loving way, that doesn't mean saying you're wrong and feeling good about yourself. Confrontation should hurt for you when you're speaking to someone. It shouldn't be nice, but you, you want them to be where they are. You want to love them. Jesus did that all the time and that you would, you would, love like Jesus loved and the way that people feel loved people that don't even know Jesus the way that they feel loved by Jesus mostly for the first time is not through like an encounter in worship or by reading the Bible yes that can happen but it's actually through you and when someone sees and knows Jesus through you that can transform their lives forever. And I just also something else with the whole confrontation thing is give each other permission with your close friends, not with just random people that I don't think that would be wise, but with people you trust with your family, give yourself permission to actually speak into each other's lives in, in that way. So I'm not saying like get, get like a little disciple and like bring them up, love them, be intentional, confront them, all that kind of stuff. Yes, you can do that. But actually, like, I think there's, there's room in, in the church for people to actually speak into each other's lives in a greater measure. So give, give your, your family and your friends and the closest people to you permission to actually speak these things into your life. Say, I, I want to grow, and if you see anything in my life that is off, please tell me. And, and that means laying down your pride and humbly coming before them. Because, and and that, that can be hard, 
but it's so rewarding. And when, when you humble yourselves, what did I write here? I wrote something. I've got like six pages of unnecessary things that I'm not saying. So when I said, when I'm afraid, oh no, no. When, when you humble yourself, you're not trusting in your strength, but you're trusting in his strength. And that's a whole thing of when I am weak, he is strong. And so when I come to him in my weakness and I humble myself, his strength actually lifts me up and exalts me. And that's what I think it means when it says the humble will be exalted. Because when you come in weakness, it's not like you get lifted up in your strength and you're exalted. It's his strength that lifts you up. And then you get to come face to face with him in that moment. And love exudes out of his eyes. I love that he lifted man when he created man, that he lifted him out of the dust, out of the dirt, and he breathed life into him. And that was the first moment that man had a soul and he, he lived. And by looking into love, looking into God. And so I think, yeah, I hope you guys got some stuff from that. Um, I think I'm going to get my amazing husband to come up now and speak some things to you. Um, but I just want to tell you that he is amazing. He treats me amazingly well because I know you, you guys don't really know him that well, but you know me pretty well. Um, I love him a lot, and I'm, he's an amazing speaker. And here's the voice of God, like no one I know. So welcome up, Joel. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's nice meeting you all, even though we don't really meet one-on-one. -on -one. But this is pretty good for our first time. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for trusting me, speaking here without really knowing what I'm going to say. I could, I could take your church down a dark alley, but thanks for trusting me. Um, that was good. That was good. It's hard for me to like not continue with what you said and then just introduce myself a little bit. Is that okay? Should I do that? Okay. Um, well, Alan asked me to like share a little bit where I'm from, what I do. Um, how I grew up, maybe, and um, how I ended up here. But basically, I grew up in Germany in a Christian home. My brother's here. Um, he's really cool. When I describe my brother, he's probably one of the most humble people I know. I think I don't know anyone who's like as humble and as um, receiving when it comes to feedback or... Um, like learning new things. It's really inspiring. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I have three siblings, an older brother, older sister, and a younger sister. Um, my, yeah, my life wasn't really excited. It's normal. went to school. Um, with 15, I decided to go to the States to do an exchange year. That's probably why I speak how I speak, kind of like an American Sometimes. 
Um, and so I spent a year in the States um, and then came back, finished high school in Germany, um, joined YWAM for a discipleship school. Um, so I lived on Hawaii for three months, suffering for the gospel. And then I went to Asia for three months um, on like missions. And we, we served in orphanages um, in the red light district um, like area. So we, we ministered to prostitutes and did different outreaches inside of brothels or strip clubs. And then we went, um, and then we did like church ministry, similar to what I'm doing right now. But yeah, and then after that, I joined Bethel, spent three years there, met Amy in my first year. So we've known each other for actually three years. We started leading worship in my first year there. I think you know the story a little bit. Um, And then... 2017, we decided to um, start dating, and then now we're married. Happened pretty quickly. <clears throat> but I guess um, that's the new generation. Everything happens quickly, you know. Fast access. I just wanted a wife quickly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a funny mistake that happened in our wedding. My brother translated Alan when he gave his speech, and Alan was saying how there's like a, a wife, Lebola um, thing. And so Alan was like talking about like, hey, you know, like Amy deserves a whole herd of cows. But it was translated as cars. So there was like this whole, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> German cars are probably more valuable than cows. <laughs> So, still got to save up for that a bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's that's pretty much about me. Um, I like to. Funny thing, Amy always says that you know she's like more on the passionate and like emotional side, and I'm more like uh, like straight and like unemotional. <laughs> Don't express a lot of feelings. I guess maybe that's the German blood inside of me, but. Um, I really, um, I really get passionate about the gospel and about what Jesus did on the cross for us. And tying on to what Amy said, I think she, she mentioned uh, John 15. And it says that he's the vine, we are the branches. Abide in me so you, you will or you bear much fruit. I think oftentimes the fruit that Amy talked about, the love, the selfless love, we try to quench it out of our own strength. But going back to the scripture, I think Jesus says, abide in me. I think a lot of times our focus is wrong. It's more on the fruit, on trying to work it out, trying to press the juice out. But I think Jesus says, hey, focus on the root, focus on the vine, and the fruit will come automatically. The fruit will flow once you have communion or intimacy with the Lord. I love um, how the Passion Translation um, says it. I know it's not necessarily the most theological Bible, but I love the interpretation of it. In verse 4 it says, So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, 
So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. The Lord looks for intimacy with him. It's not about what you produce. It's not about what kind of fruit you can achieve. It will come come automatically out of your intimacy, your union, your communion with the Lord. That's what it's about. It's, it's about seeking him first, Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God, all of his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. My second point, his kingdom, his intimacy with him will come automatically. His righteousness, what's his righteousness? I think his righteousness, that's about, they're, like that's an identity. What's our identity? I think a lot of times we are, we're trying to run around finding our entity, identity or, or trying to make a way for ourselves, trying to achieve certain things, find successes in life, doing all these things. But I love how it says in, in Psalms 23, um, verse 5, he says that he prepared a table in, before me in front of my enemies. I think a lot of times... Instead of just sitting down with them, we're trying to run around defeating our enemies. Instead of learning about, about our identity with them on the table that he prepared for us. See, the, prayer, the table, in my opinion, is the finished work of the cross. Where he gave you his righteousness. Where his identity is now yours. Galatians 2.20 Paul writes that no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. No longer my righteousness, my doing, my work, my fruit. No Christ's fruit in me. I think that's what it's about. And that's where once we step into this righteousness, once we sit down with him, the fruit will come automatically from our lives. And people will see Christ manifesting through us. Yeah, Jesus, I pray that you would you'd come today with your, with your truth and your spirit. God, I pray that you would speak through me and speak to us through your word. God, I thank you that it's all about you. It's about your presence. It's about yeah, learning who you are, learning who we are. God, I thank you that you have finished it all. And we can simply we can simply step into it and receive it. In Jesus' name. In Hebrews four, sixteen it says that we can approach the throne of grace boldly to receive the grace of God to, to really walk out what He has prepared to us or or find um help or the strength to walk out what He He has put in front of us. And I think um I want to to challenge you today in maybe re restructuring the way you approach discipleship or or growing as a Christian. I think a lot of times it's more like a, a like a striving thing, like where can I grow, where can I do something better, or where can I. Um, grow a little bit, where can I stretch myself or what am I good in or what am I bad in? And we, we kind of have this introspective um, way of approaching it. 
And I think um, God really is, is very relaxed about our growth. And the best way to grow is, I find, is to relax as well with him. And just, just you, you find the place of union with him. And then, and then things will come up automatically out of this union. He will bring it up. And that's where we can say, okay, I, I have this challenge in front of me. I have this mountain in front of me. God, supply your grace so I can climb it. Give me strength so I can overcome it. God never wants you to, to fail, to, to look bad, to, um, to fall. He wants you to, to, to walk boldly and receive the strength from him. We've got to learn that we're saved by grace. We continue the life, not by own, our own strength. No, it continues. It, it, we live continually by grace goes on and on by grace. It's a new covenant, a new um, deal we signed. It's not by own, our own strength, it's by his strength. A disciple, um, I looked up the word what disciple actually means, or the defi- definition of the, um, the word. And I love that you guys have that topic right now in the church. It's really cool. But a disciple is a learner. A learner, a student, someone who follows um, a teacher. And Jesus tells his disciples to make disciples of all nations, which means that we're all disciples, which I think you guys all got that already. Um, But a disciple is a learner. And I think you're not a learner if you're not challenged in an area of your life. And um, I think it's, it's important to, to, on the one side, know that we are abiding in him and everything flows out of this intimacy that we have with him. But then it's also important to know, hey, I am not here for myself. I am called to to live for others, like Amy mentioned already. I think that Jesus did not just die for the forgiveness of our sins or to give us a ticket into heaven. He died so that we could live the life that he deserved to live. He died so that we could have life and life abundantly. In John 14, he says that he leaves so that we can receive the Comforter, so that we could receive the Holy Spirit, and then do greater things than he did. In Romans 8, it says that all creation longs for the revealing of the sons and daughters. Jesus has done it all. When he said on the cross, it is finished, it is finished. There's nothing that can be added to who you are or to what you need. He has given you everything that you need. It's finished once and for all. Oftentimes we're so focused on, okay, I need to improve, I need to get free of the sin, I need to do this and this and this. But it's simply receiving what he has done and letting go of your old. In 2 Corinthians five seventeen, it says, your new creation, the old has passed, something completely, completely new has begun. You're something completely new. The enemy will try to keep your focus on 
trying to defeat the old that has passed. Defeat the enemies that are going around your table. But God is saying, hey, sit down with me and just relax. Something new has begun. Your new creation. And John eight thirty two says, You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does that mean? Truth is, Jesus says that he's the living bread. He is the living word of God. He is truth. I believe that the more we spend time with him in this union, with him on the table that he prepared for us, receiving the righteousness, the more we will step into the freedom a lot of times we try to clean ourselves, put the load off of ourselves, um, try to get better at certain things, try to not sin anymore, or to not do certain things anymore. But he's just simply saying, hey, the more time, the more one-on-one connection you spend with me, the more you will receive the freedom that I've paid for on the cross. Romans 6 is probably one of my favorite chap- chapters in 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 the Bible. And I'm going to read maybe a little bit out of it, but I'm going to just put it into my own words. Um, but it basically says that we have been co crucified with Christ, we have been co buried with Him, we've been co um, resurrected with Him. We've joined union with his death and with his resurrection permanently, forever, eternally. We've got to realize that um, everything that tries to take the focus away of Christ or of, of successes in our lives, of positivity in our life, is, is just a distraction of who we truly are and who we're supposed to um, be. Let me try to word it again. Like any any negativity or any condemnation or any um, anything that pulls you down that feels heavy is not who you are. It's just simply a distraction of who um, Christ says you are. The gospel is very simple. I think it's very simple. And I think we overcomplicate it a lot of times by by trying to do it ourselves, by trying to fix ourselves, by trying to um, find a solution ourselves. I think a lot of times we just need to stop and relax and like sit back, see what God tells us in the moment and receive his righteousness day for day. In Genesis 127, it talks about, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Um, if God is love, we are, we were 
originally designed to be love. We were created in his image. Um, it continues in verse 28 and it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and so on and so on. It says, be fruitful and increase in number. Be fruitful and increase. We are called to in, be fruitful in who we are, in living out, in multiplying the love of God, selfless love. And as Amy said already earlier, what is love? Love is to lay down your life for one's friend. Lay down your life for one another. Life is not about you at the end of the day. It's about the other person. It's about loving others. Your original design is love. And love does what Jesus did on the cross. He laid down his life for others. I think there's a, an invitation for us today where we can just simply knowing where we can relax and sit on this table. We can ask him, hey, like, what's an area where, where the focus was more on me and, and less on the people around me? And I, I, I just want to invite you to close your eyes and just take, take a minute to just ask him, Lord, what's an area that you have for me where you want me to, to grow and leave the old behind and step into to the completely new thing that you have prepared for me? And as you do that, or as you maybe like the Holy Spirit speaks to you and highlights something, lay that down. Like say, okay, Lord, forgive me for this. Repent lay down and, and receive the new strategy of like, okay, what's an area? Where can I become active in becoming Christ to the people around me? Okay, Jesus, I thank you for you inside of us. God, I thank you that there's so much more that we have not tasted, have not seen, have not walked in. And I pray that you would continue your work in this church. I pray that you would yeah, teach individual how to be a disciple, how to be a follower of you. God, I thank you that it's not about certain year goals, certain monthly goals, or um, looking like um, a pastor like Alan, or like, I don't know, a famous preacher, but it's simply looking like you more and more from day to day. God, I thank you that you take the pressure off God, I thank you that your love um, penetrates hearts. Your love carries us. And I thank you that you are doing uh, a good thing in this church. That you're moving, that you're, um, that you're, you're, you're a light to, to the neighbor, neighboring um, cities and, and townships. God, I thank you for your love that comes out of this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, we would love to... Mom, you can play worship, a worship song or something. Um, but we would love to pray for anyone who wants prayer. Um, in, if you just want to know more of God or anything, we just want to bless you, pray for you. And uh, do you normally pray in the back, Norman? 
Okay, we can pray in the front today. Wow, access to the front. Um, um, but also, I just wanted to share a testimony that just came to my mind, because um, we also want to pray for you. If you need healing for anything, um, Joel and I were actually praying at Bethel. This was before we were dating. Um, I honestly did not feel like going to the front to pray. We, we do that to serve, and I did not feel like doing it that day, but I just went. And I was standing next to Joel, and this kid in this wheelchair rolls up to us, and I was just like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those times when you pray and nothing's going to happen. But we ended up praying for this kid um, a few times, and he actually got strength and started to walk. And his dad was helping him at first, and then he started walking by himself. And I was just like, man, I had so little faith, but God just came through. And that kid who who had been in a wheelchair for two months, three months, started walking for the first time since then. And then even going home, I, I have to confess, I was like, yeah, but it was probably just like, like adrenaline or strength or something. But then, like three days later... I saw him and his dad at Walmart and he's just walking normally throughout Walmart. And I was just like, that's crazy. (laughs) Like in, in like my, like no faith, God still comes through. And I'm not saying that we're going to pray with you for you with no faith, by the way, (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. But if you want prayer for anything um, or anything that we shared sparked something inside of you, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. So if the other prayer people can come forward too. Yeah. Is there sound? <laughs> Does the date November 12th mean any, anything to anyone? Say the date again. November 12th. 12th of November. Okay, cool. Cool. That's good. Okay, I just felt like uh, I felt like I was saying that um, I felt like it's someone's son or even mother or so. But I felt like that um, God is just on a search for him, or that He's chasing him, and He um, He He has His eyes over him, and all things work out together for you. You 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 guys is good. Like He will make something. Or he will have something good come out of whatever situation you're in. And, um, yeah, he's with us. And I think in Philippians 4, it talks about how God gives peace that transcends all understanding. And, yeah, I just feel like that's over you too. And, yeah, I just pray that God's peace would just guide you through and um, give you rest. In this, and know that it's not in your doing. He will do it through you. Yeah. We're going to sing a song, and if if you want to respond to the call, just come up during the song.